As parents, it's important to recognize any unhelpful patterns in ourselves so we can change. Because our children are going to face bigger and bigger issues and they'll have tough choices to make in the future. If we're constantly making choices for them about their everyday lives now, when they're young, it'll be much harder for them to make their own choices about the bigger issues such as sex and sexuality, the internet, money and lifestyle, drugs and alcohol, where the consequences of getting it wrong are much more serious. We want to look now in more detail at each of these issues in order to equip our children to make good choices about these things. We're not suggesting that we don't set clear limits or that we don't guide our children on these issues. We can't devolve our responsibility to others, whether that's their peers, the TV or their school. We equip them, first of all, by helping them take responsibility in smaller areas where it's safe for them to fail. Second, by passing on information appropriate to their age and values. In this way, we're giving them a moral framework to live by. I don't think we've ever gone through a period of history where our values, which we want to pass on to our children, uh, are being challenged by values which are absolutely the opposite of our own, usually through electronic media and so on nowadays. We can't wait until our children are teenagers to start talking about these things. The first issue we want to look at is sex. Our children are growing up in a highly sexualized culture, so that sleeping together has become the norm for teenagers at a younger and younger age. The 15-year-old daughter of a friend of ours told her mother there were only three girls in her class of 30 who hadn't had sex. However, sex is a subject that most parents find difficult to talk about with their children. My parents <laughs> didn't really... I don't remember them mentioning the subject to me ever, really. Um, I remember just the night before I got married, my dad <laughs> rang me <laughs> to say... Um, something along the lines of, is there anything you need to know, ha, 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 as a joke. And I, I just sort of, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty there, Dad, I think I know it. Um, but there was, I don't know if it was embarrassment or whatever, I don't know if it's a generation thing, but mm. pretty much zilch, really. Parents can be worried about what they might say about sex or can be caught off guard. Uh, recently, I read this story in a magazine. My seven-year-old son came home with his friend Ryan and asked his father, Dad, What's it called when two people are in the same bed on top of each other? My surprise partner went on gently to explain that it's called making love, and it's how babies are made. The two lads looked baffled and went out. Five minutes later, they returned. My son said, Dad, that thing we were talking about, it's called bunk beds, uh, and Ryan's mum wants a word with you. <laughs> Rather than gearing up for the one big talk, it's much more effective to talk to our children throughout their growing up, perhaps through reading a book together when they're little, through answering their questions, though it is worth checking what they're asking, through talking about something that comes up on TV or discussing the contents of a preteens magazine. We need both to look out for and create opportunities. Yes, it's important to us uh, that we talk to our children in a natural way about sex because it's, it's a natural thing. And I, I talked to my son last week about sex from different points of views, from different subjects on, on, on everything. <laughs> and it flowed really nicely. And he asked questions and I responded. And it was, yeah. it was good. And I, you know, it could be a bit... <laughs> but he, he, he took it very well and we went into it. And quite good details because we had to. We got a note home from the school yeah. and we wanted to tell him, we wanted to make sure that he heard from us. My parents told me about sex when I was five, I think, 
Um, and so I felt that, and, and they're both medical professionals, and I felt that actually it's important to do it very young, and I think it's important to do it before they have an awareness of it so that you don't have the embarrassment um, which is often a problem and stops people telling them. So I think I told Noelle when she was three. We were uh, at a conference once waiting in a line um, to, to, to get tickets and I was pregnant with my youngest Talitha and we had Caleb and Levi and Levi was on your side, wasn't he? Mm. And uh, there was a queue of people and we were all waiting and everyone was talking just quite quietly and, and all of a sudden Levi said, probably in the loudest voice, Mummy, how did that baby get in there? And the whole room fell silent. And the, the man in front, of, in front of us said, oh, I'm quite interested to hear the answer to this question. I, of course, bottled out and said, Daddy will tell you later. <laughs> but something we have realised with the, the kids is sometimes they're, they're curious. And uh, I think being the dad, you sort of dread the fact that you're going to have to go into how the birds and the bees all work. And, you know, you, you want to do it well, but just do it once. And um, I think something that Rachel... Um, told me very, uh, very well was the fact that sometimes just give them a simple answer and that they're fine, you know, that's great. And I can remember our oldest son asking, you know, about where the babies comes from. And, uh, you know, I gave him a very brief, short answer. And then he was like, oh, OK, can we play football now? You know, and so for him, it wasn't the fact that he wanted the talk, which I was sweating over. Oh, dear, I'm not ready for this at this age. But, um, yeah, it was just the fact that he was curious. And um, the good thing is, hopefully, as he becomes maybe more curious, that we'll, um, in some ways, drip feed it as, as and when he's they ready. So... Research indicates that children who hear about sex from their parents are more likely to delay their first sexual experience. Surveys also show that children themselves want to talk with their parents about sex, even though this may initially be embarrassing for them and for their parents. With young children, we help to protect them by talking to them about right and wrong touch. If a relative or a family friend or someone at school does anything they don't like or touches them in a way that they don't feel entirely happy with, they must know it's all right to say no and then they must tell us about it. We can teach them that their body is their own and they don't need to hug or be hugged by someone they don't feel comfortable with. Similarly, we must teach our children never to go anywhere with someone they don't know and give them words to say if ever they were approached. Before they reach puberty, it can be helpful to give our children a book to read on their own and then talk together about their changing bodies and the effects of the new rush of hormones they'll experience. It will really help our daughters if we've talked to them before they have their first period and that will make them feel we're alongside them and supporting them. Sex may not be the easiest subject to address with our children, but we can't relinquish our responsibility. And the earlier we start to talk, the easier and more natural it becomes. Well, for today we have a discussion question. How can you try to pass on your values about sex to your child or children as they grow up? This is a challenging topic, obviously, and it's one you might uh, definitely want to discuss with your partner in parenting, and then, if appropriate, with a group that you might be working through this course with. Use your discretion to make sure it's appropriate. Have a good discussion. We'll see you tomorrow.